Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. I don't know if this is necessarily like how bad of a thing this is or not. I mean, it's like on the surface, it seems like a bad thing to me. Actually, two things happened this week that like on the surface are probably bad things, but may not be as bad as I think that they are. So the first is probably a little bit more insidious than the second. The second is hopefully pretty innocuous, but you never know. Um, Is that like I'm realizing with quarantine in effect and, and just like, you know, things the way they are i'm really becoming one of those guys who's like living for the weekend oh my goodness you know what i mean like i'm just like getting through monday through friday and and i mean like like i'm I'm really productive and i'm doing a whole lot of stuff in terms of work but in terms of you know my mentality it's like i am just as soon as monday hits i am just looking forward to friday uh-huh. you know and and i don't know what that leads to exactly or i don't know if that becomes like a larger problem down the line, if I don't do something about it or if I don't, you know, change my attitude or something like that. But I'm realizing more and more, I'm just like, all right, well, time to get this, uh, get this week done. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's basically the, the goal in my mind. So, so that was the first thing about this week that, that kind of, uh, problematic well no, not problematic, but just like I, I made that realization. So I need to be a little bit more, um, intentional about how I'm spending my time. Okay. Okay. So it was the first thing. The second thing is a little less philosophical, uh, but a little more or like less like, you know, ambiguous. It's more, it's more like real problems. (laughs) So I have never been called for jury duty. Oh my goodness. You got called for jury duty. Well, I got a letter that got transferred to my house that, is a jury summons. But the problem is, is I hadn't changed my address since Tucson on my driver's license, which I know like, because then, then I got a lecture from uh, Colton who was hanging out with me yesterday. He's like, Oh, well, yeah, dude, you're supposed to change your address within 10 days of moving to a new place. And I was like, you mean to tell me that your address right now? Cause he moved into a new place last year. Uh-huh. He's like, and I was like, you mean to tell me your address on your driver's license is what your current address is right now? And he whipped out his driver's license, and it turns out that he's that guy who takes care of that thing within 10 days. I don't trust that guy. No. I mean, yeah, that, it's just ridiculous, right? It's like, oh, I've got so much other stuff to give a shit about. And frankly, um, you know, I kind of want the government to leave me alone. Like, like not entirely, obviously. I pay my taxes. I, I you know, all that kind of stuff. But... I don't, I don't, what, I need to update my address within 10 days and register my car so you can know exactly where I'm at at all moments. It's like, what's the, and I'm not like one of these, like, oh my God, I think a vaccine is going to chip us or Bill Gates is trying to track us or some, like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist like that, but to a degree, it's like, well, you already know where I'm at. You already know where I'm at because you know where I filed my taxes and you know where my car is registered. And the last time I did my emissions, you already know where I'm at. You don't need to also have my direct address. You know where I'm, you know where to find me. So there was that whole thing. So basically now the problem is, and I haven't really looked I'm going to look into it after we're done uh, podcasting here, but I'm called for jury duty in Tucson. (laughs) That's hilarious. And 
I really, A, I don't really, I really, really don't want to do jury duty, but if it's my civic duty and I, if I'm selected, then, you know, whatever, I'll go, you know, be on a jury. But, uh, outside of that, I really, really don't want to have to go do jury duty in Tucson. So I'm hoping I can just be like, Hey guys, I moved. I'm sorry. You're probably going to find me like 75 bucks or something like that. And um, just, just, or just reschedule me for one in Phoenix. I'll do one in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I just really don't want to have to drive to Tucson to do jury duty. <laughs> well, that's a reasonable uh, thing to not want to do. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, it's it's my fault. I guess I should have changed my address. I guess everyone's out here changing their addresses as soon as they move on their driver's license. But it's like ours don't expire until 2056. Seriously? So I never, yeah. Why I never, would you change it? Yeah, it's like, I I just don't want to rock the boat, you know? I think with uh, what might be another thing is uh, you need that, like, gold star rating on your license so you can travel with on the planes. Oh, is that, like, the new new, uh, license or whatever? Yeah, I don't know if you have that or not, but I think there's, like, a new, like, gold star they put on it. So, because our licenses are not federal regulated. They don't meet federal regulations for an ID unless they have a star on it. Right. So maybe that, you know, I think in October, I think it was supposed to, at the end of last year, they were supposed to. No, it was, it was the end of this year of this year that you were supposed was the deadline, but then Corona happened and so they couldn't enforce everyone to go to the DMV. Right. So nobody, nobody's doing that. So I think they pushed it until 2020, 2021. But my whole argument with that is, you know, I already have a passport. Why am I going to go? Like, I never was the guy who traveled domestic and just showed my ID anyways. Uh-huh. Anytime I was traveling, I was taking my passport with you, with me, which you might say opens you up for unnecessary risk, maybe. Uh, but if I'm just traveling with my ID, I have just as much chance of losing just my ID and that being a problem then too. So I don't, you know, at, at least right. if I travel with my passport, I have two ways that I'm getting home. Because uh-huh. I've, I've got this. Right. I mean, of course, this changes now because I evidently need a gold star or whatever. Um, but, but you know, my, my whole thing was that, like, yeah, I've got the passport and I've got the ID. The ID is mostly just so I can buy booze once I get to wherever I'm going. And uh, the passport is just to make sure I can get on a plane. So if I'm going to have to travel internationally with that and I already have one, why would I, you know, get some ID that tells me I can travel domestically? I already have something that tells me I can travel domestically. Uh-huh. To me, it just seems like a wasted effort, but I might be completely in the wrong here. Go ahead and leave a comment as to why you think I'm wrong <laughs> about uh, uh, getting the new ID. Right. Well, either way. So that, that was uh, that was two things from my week that was uh, not very great. But I don't know what's uh, what's been going on with you. Uh, it's been a busy week. I had I had some work pop up. I uh, finally put up some videos about the movie release. I mm-hmm. uh, we did a reunion show with the cast yesterday. Unlike really? Zoom, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I recorded it wrong. I don't know the Zoom recording settings, so only recorded in <laughs> a speaker version and not like all in the gallery view oh so it's kind of a bummer but it'll be fine right i mean yeah is that like content that you can then release or i don't know yeah well the plan was to release the parts of the interview 
and and will that still can you, so you can hear other people talking or no right you can hear everybody talk but it's whoever you know how like the speaker view is not very accurate sometimes right so it's like on greg instead of being on abby or it's on sarah when it should be on aaron it's uh should be fine. Was, That'll be uh, fine, was, right? Was Abby Tiffany? Was that the? Uh... Yeah, she was Tiffany. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if anything, I think that makes it even better, though, right? Because it's like that uh, exemplify, like that really exemplifies the time in which you're releasing this, right? Is that we we? It's not just because everybody's in different places right now that we have to do Zoom. It's like you probably could have done a video with. 90% of the cast locally within your own, like you could have brought them to your own studio. Right. But because of the specific times in which we're doing this, now it's on Zoom. And part of the like hilarious thing about using Zoom is that it kind of sucks. So or like or like any of these software packages, it's like they're good enough. They're good enough to get stuff done. But it's like, yeah, they'll have little errors like that where it'll zoom in on the wrong person or, you know, whatever. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It was a solid half hour of talking. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see the cast again. Boys night, all that. Boys night, all that. It was interesting seeing all the cast because everyone looks so different because it's been like five years. Oh, my God. <laughs> and like even going through the um, the pictures from the screening, because I don't know if you saw, but you made the video uh, I the, that, I, that uh, we posted yesterday. But like like all the couples that were at that mummy, mummy screening, how like how many of them are not couples anymore? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. It was uh, like weird to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least uh, I've level I've delivered a level of consistency. Not yes. much has changed. <clears throat> yes. Much I have a mustache now. That's about that's about the difference. I keep everything just about. Yeah. Continuity. Again, that brings us all the way full circle. I'm a continuity guy. Full circle. But yeah, it's just circle. like the guy playing the mummy has he was trying to dye his hair blue. But it's at the phase where he bleached it first so mm-hmm. it was this weird orange color mm-hmm. and then uh so that's how we showed up to the call and i just thought that was kind of weird <laughs> yeah well you know we all have different aspirations some of us uh you know want to become ceos and some of us want to dye our hair blue well you know his, his thing was i've always wanted to dye my hair blue and now i've got the time now because i can't go anywhere that's true i feel like that kind of um and, and, you know, to that degree, I kind of feel like that's a uh, glass half full uh, way to look at the current predicament that we're in. Uh-huh. You, you know what I mean? Because for me, I end up looking at a lot of like negative consequences out of this. For instance, you know, oh, man, the, the gyms are closed. Like part of my identity is like removed from me or whatever. Oh, man, I'm really I'm really living for the weekends now because I just like. Because I realized like there's small intangibles about just what I would do with my like work day, right? I would go to the gym first, then from there I would drive to uh, work, and then I would be at work, and then be like, oh, I want to get a smoothie from this one place, and then I would go do that. Like all those things are basically just not happening now. So my representation of what I'm doing with my day has gotten smaller and smaller. Bless uh, <coughs> you. Um. So, so. There's there's that way to look at things, but I mean there is also like I, I like that kind of mentality that it's like ah oh, you know I can do all the things uh, that may have seemed impractical before or may have seemed like not not really like a good idea, but because I'm not going anywhere I'm just in the house you know whatever. I I, I kind of like that uh that mentality I could mm. I could get into that. Yeah. <clears throat> Ugh, I feel like my allergies are coming back. Yeah, allergies have been weird this year. 
don't yeah. know if they've been weird for you or not, but they've been in my throat a lot. Yeah. And it's like psyching me out. Exactly. Every time I'm just like, oh my God, is this Corona? And then right. nothing right. happens. Yeah. Yeah. I had some really bad allergies back in March and then they disappeared, but something's kind of triggering me right now. Speaking of which, and this will be just an aside, but have you uh, heard of a movie called The Beach House? No. Okay. So it came out just recently, like really recently. And uh, I ha- was on this. Uh, have you heard of Shudder? Yeah, I've heard of Shudder. Okay. So it's on Shudder. Um, uh, that's horror movie streaming, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Which, you know, I don't know. I don't know about that business model because on the one hand, it's like, ah, that's that seems like a little too specific. Like, I don't know how many subscribers you're going to get. Or, or like, this is how my mind would work. Obviously, their business model probably is working. I, I can't say for sure. But um, I would always be nervous about like, oh, man, that's that's maybe too niche. We might We wouldn't get the same amount of subscribers that you would get from, you know, obviously a Netflix or a Hulu because that casts a wider net. But I think that's something that we were referring to a lot on CSS, right? The thousand true fans. Right, right, right. Whatever, is, is maybe they don't actually need... Uh, a million subscribers. Actually, yeah, they don't need a million subscribers. They know who their target audience is. They just need them to plug in. And for myself, it's like, you know what? I, I really like the the service. Uh, I'm I'm still in a 30 day free trial, so obviously I'm not paying for it, which is super nice. Um, but but the fact that you know it's 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 a lot like Netflix. The the user experience is really good, and um, and it's it, they do like specific targeted kind of stuff. Like oh, if you want this this kind of a movie, this kind of a like a subgenre within the overarching genre of horror movies. So I came across this movie called The Beach House. And it's brand new, and um, it's it was called Eco Horror, and I was like, I don't know what the hell that is. Eco so Horror, Eco Horror, yeah. So I watched it just out of pure curiosity, out of like, what is the genre? And I think that that speaks to something about like movies in general. That if I go in with no expectations, I had no idea what I was going to watch. I ended up really liking the movie, and it's not like that good you know what uh-huh. i mean it's not it's not anything that i haven't seen before like think like cabin fever meets something else that's basically the movie okay are you looking it up i'm looking at the poster yeah um but it was like kind of it was an interesting concept it's basically like a big firm nod to to climate change and global warming and all that kind of stuff and basically saying that like we keep thinking this extinction event is you know, going to be a result of the like climate change itself. Like it'll be, uh, become too hot to be, to be livable and all our crops will die and stuff. But actually it's saying that in all likelihood that extinction event will be a result of something that's a result of that. So as a result of the, uh, climate changing and earth heating up something that was dormant in the ocean, you know, all of a sudden is no longer uh, dormant and then, you know, shit ensues and that's the movie. So I, I watched that recently and it, uh, it made me think of uh, like our, our conversations around that sort of thing, like our conversations around um, the, the thousand true fans. And like, I was like, yeah, it's if uh, may, maybe this is the way that that, you know, um, that movies, because everyone's kind of questioning like what's happening to the movie industry and like our movie theater is going to be a thing. And I was like, I don't know. This seems like a good business model to me. It's like maybe not the the 
width of a mile and the depth of an inch, but maybe the the width of an inch, depth of a mile, like we were talking about on CSS. Yeah, it's definitely there's definitely a lot of apps and streaming services popping up. Mm-hmm. But if they keep their production values low, I'm sure that movie probably didn't cost more than like a million dollars to make or two million dollars to make. Yeah, single location, super small cast. You know, it's uh, that's like the complete opposite of that. Uh, the Quibi. Are you on the Quibi? I'm not on the Quibi, and I could go on a rant here about Quibi, but maybe we'll save that for, um, you know, it would like an extra, like not an episode, but we'll save that for like an extra half hour segment or something like that. Right. Because I've got a lot of thoughts on Quibi, but please tell me about Quibi. Uh, they have the like the opposite mentality where they're kind of they put in millions of dollars into production value. Yeah. And they hired, you know, every celebrity has their own show on Quibi and, you know, it was like content you can consume on your phone. And so right. that, you know, back in the time when we watched our phones more often on subways and. And when we had, you know, commutes to work, uh, it made sense, but you know, they decided to release it and then the pandemic hit and it's just like, what's going on here. But then on the flip side of that, the content's not that great. Like it's all really weird. And it's cause it's a weird format. They're delivering it in eight minute chunks. So Uh it's, they want to tell this longer story, but movies are not really made to be broken up into eight minute chunks. It's kind of, you know. Some should yeah, be four minutes, that, some should be a minute, some should be 12 minutes. It's like a weird thing to force. So it, so some episodes feel forced and they had mm-hmm. uh, a free trial that just ended last month, I think. And they had like a 90% drop in uh, usage. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Cause the free trial ended. Yeah. How crazy is that? That's, that's such a crazy metric that, that basically everyone hopped onto the app for a free trial they tried it for a day it and then canceled it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. I I had heard of Quibi and I had like done some looking into it myself, but I had no idea that a so many people hopped on, but then also so many people like a mass exodus hit the door. That's crazy. I mean, they're gonna probably have to do a different feature set or something to recover that. Well, I don't know. I I, I guess I I'm not really too sure about that. It sounds like they're trying um, to play catch up. I mean, but when they first started, you could only watch it on your phone. You couldn't like send it to the mm-hmm. TV or take screenshots or record anything. You couldn't do anything like that. So it's very uh, app specific. So you you didn't even have the option to watch it on a full screen if you wanted to. No, it was just for your phone. So they they modified it to where they could they added that function later on when they realized that no one was watching things on their phone anymore because we're all trapped in our houses. Right. So yeah, um, I think uh, maybe uh, next weekend or at a time where uh, yourself and myself don't have so much stuff going on, I think we should have a have a couple beers and do a special uh, non episode but special release. Just a 30-minute, 45-minute fireside chat about Quibi because I have a lot of thoughts about Quibi. All right. I'm down. Uh, to me, to me, um, what you're describing, at least, makes it sound a lot like uh, what happened with that show Space Force. Okay. Do you know what I'm... I, I, uh, I remember it being plugged on Netflix so much, and everyone was like... Because it was basically, it was giving you the, it said from the creators of The Office and here's Steve Carell, right? So everyone's like, oh man, I watch The Office near constantly and now we're in like the pandemic, we're in quarantine or we're all spending more time in front of the TV and stuff like that. This is great. This is perfect. 
The problem was to me is that they invested so much money in it being like, oh, hey, there's Steve Carell. Oh, hey, there's John Malkovich. Oh, hey, there's Jane Lynch. And don't get me wrong. I like all of these people a lot. Jane Lynch is typecast, but in exactly the right role that I would, I love that person to be in. I think she's fantastic in just about everything she does. Um, I find her interesting, uh, not necessarily as a person, but just as an act, like the roles that she does basically plays an asshole. You know, I, I, I dig it. But the problem is that they blew all their budget on um, marketing. They, marketing and then also just like let's have all these big names right but right at phoebe from uh friends friends um you know they just they just blew their entire budget on uh this this thing that didn't actually have that much legs or they didn't invest that much into making like interesting stories or funny jokes which is ironic because that's what they're saying about the space force in general is that like they there's a bunch of money into like the facade and the building is super high tech, but that none of its missions go off and all the rockets blow up and stuff like that. It's like, well, that's the show though. You, you did that with the show. So that's, you know, it sounds to me like Quibi might be a, uh, app version of space force essentially where it's like, yeah, we've got Don Cheadle, but you've got Don Cheadle and content that nobody wants to watch. Right. Right. Which is a bummer. That is a bummer. That is a bummer. It's uh, I've been, I've been uh, not Don Cheadle, but I've been working my way. I just, I remember, do you ever have those movies that you only can watch once and they were good, but you can only watch them once? Yeah. That's me with, uh, and this isn't, Don Cheadle brought me to Hotel Rwanda. Hotel Rwanda brought me to Blood Diamond. That's just so everyone's, nobody's confused that I think Don Cheadle is in Blood Diamond. I don't. That's just how my mind got there. Um, But that's me with Blood Diamond. I remember it being a good movie. And I remember, like, not necessarily enjoying it, but being like, wow, this is a great movie. I like it, you know, whatever. But I can't bring myself to watch it again because it makes me so damn sad. Oh, uh-huh. I've never seen Blood Diamond. <laughs> Give it a watch. I'll, it a watch. I'll, I'll put it on the list of movies to hype myself up for. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that's that reminds me of another um, topic, not for a full episode, but another I've I've come up with some Quibi episodes that maybe <laughs> <laughs> some additional content Quibi episodes that we could do just some minis, um, but so while I was thinking about my my winner learn for this week, uh, there was something that's really kind of been bugging me for the past couple of days, and I and I sort of just wanted to run it by you and uh, get your thoughts on it, and I realized that this is probably actually something that's really important and something that you know again we don't say like this was my major loss for the week or this was my major failure for the week. This is what I'm going to learn from, but it set myself up for something just that it's been bugging me. I I want to, I want to bring it up with you, get your thoughts about how you handle situations like this and, and how I can like fix, you know, basically what's going on. That sound fair. Lay it on me. All right. So, um, in terms of wins for this week, you know, just just to, you know, also give the positive side to, to what uh, happened this week. I uh, did a lot of like based on our, you know, let's get loud pep talk the other day and all that kind of stuff. I've kind of been more active in making like larger or or bigger decisions, essentially, like making sure that people understand what I'm doing and 
making my visibility kind of creep up. Like I'm not just doing things quietly in a vacuum, making sure the trains all run in time so that, you know, it's like the CIA, right? If we do our job correctly, nobody even knows we're here. Right. It's like I changed my framework and I started, you know, really doing stuff that was a little bit above my station and uh, chiming in with like, hey, you know, I don't know, you know, what metrics you're looking at or et cetera, but from where I sit, here's how I see it. And, you know, I'm having these lots of conversations really upstream, which was good. You know, I'm, I'm putting myself out there in front of leadership a little bit more. Good thing. Right. However, so that was my win for the week. However, this next week for me is going to be so damn busy. And it's just like, I, I look at my, like, I, I checked my uh, Outlook calendar uh, for, for this upcoming week, and I have so many projects and so many things that need to get done, but I don't have any time to do it because I'm in near constant meetings this next week. Ooh. Near constant. And it's nobody's fault but my own. Because I, I basically, uh, there's these two other employees who uh, have good intentions and, you know, they're really trying to get stuff done and, you know, they see these things that they want to implement and they want to change. And I admire that. I really think it's good. The problem is, is what they don't realize is that in their world, these are very large or these are items that like they want to change and bring to, but because they don't see the scope of really the whole department and they don't see the scope of like actually what we're trying to achieve in the second half of the year for like the company and the business, they don't realize like how actually, I don't want to say insignificant, but how minute it's like uh, leaving high school where you think high school is your world and then you go to college and you're like, what? There's other states. There's other cities. There's what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. It's like, I don't want to diminish because it's like, it, it is true. These are things that we could fix and we can invest time in. But the problem is, is that like our team of developers, our software developers for our internal systems and stuff like that, they're swamped with much bigger items. Like we are trying to fix much bigger stuff here and I'm tracking numbers and I'm, I'm writing up reports on stuff that's just kind of like bigger fish, so to speak. Right, right. But the problem is, is that so then yesterday I was or not yesterday, uh, last week. I was just getting pinged in emails and then like I would take these quick little uh, uh, Zoom calls and stuff like that with these two employees who were kind of looking at smaller scale stuff. And because I didn't overtly say no, because I didn't overtly say no, all of a sudden then I'm committed to so many different meetings because because they can't do these things themselves. They can't find the data themselves. They need my help presenting to like leadership and sales ops, you know, X, Y, Z. So then all of a sudden I reach the end of the week on Friday. I kind of take a a thousand yard look at what my next week is going to be like. And I realize that I'm just committed all over the place to these meetings that, in my opinion, ultimately don't really move the needle all that much. But now because I didn't say no to some of these things overtly or because I didn't say I didn't have the hard conversation that was like, look, um, I, I admire, you know, your, I admire your, uh, get, what, what is it? Go getter, uh, attitude. And I, I like, you know, or whatever. I, I mean, I'm trying not to sound condescending, but I'm coming off pretty condescending. Um, but like, I, I admire the spirit. I admire the attitude of what you're trying to get done and everything like that. 
but you know, I can't afford to commit this time right now. How about we reschedule this one for this week? Or how about we reschedule this one for this week? Or, um, you know what, let's, let's push that to quarter four because blah, blah, blah. Because I didn't do that because I have this, you know, need to always be like, oh yeah, you need help. I can absolutely help you. Let me do that. You know, whatever. Now all of a sudden I've got important stuff that really needs to get done next week. And it's, it's really going to be difficult to, to, to do both of these things and I'm committed on time. Right. So I realized that it's like, man, I got to start saying no to stuff. Like uh, maybe in my previous roles and you know, when I was doing other jobs, I didn't really have to say no as much because my time wasn't as occupied, but I'm discovering now that, you know, I need to learn how to say no. And that's my big learn for the week is that, man, I ended up getting myself into a pretty dicey predicament here because like there's no one to blame but myself. Is there a way to push it a week? Is there a way to reschedule it all? Or is it kind of locked in? Uh, there's a few. Um, there, there's a couple that are certainly locked um, because, you know, this. And while, while I address this, it made me realize that these people who I'm speaking to, they obviously, I'm not saying that they don't have a lot to do. I'm sure they do. But they're not as on like such a time sensitive deadline or something because they're available to set all these meetings and they're constantly thinking about like, oh, okay, how are we going to do like, when do I set the next meeting for this? Like how many people actually in companies are driven just by setting meetings for shit? You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, like I kind of feel like this is one of those things. Like we got off a meeting where we were discussing something and I was kind of like, yes, uh, no, let me, you know, whatever. And immediately I get set for another meeting next week about something kind of inconsequential as well. And it's, you know, so I'm going to try and move some of the stuff that isn't linked in with anybody else, but there are a few that I can't move that are with like the VP of sales ops and with this and that. And it's like, I can't move those now that the, the other lower level person scheduled them and it has visibility to larger scale people than myself. It's like, well, I have to, do that now and I have to make sure I'm prepared and stuff like that now. Right. So I don't know. I, I need to figure out how to become like a better steward of my own time, I guess you could say. Uh-huh. It's uh it's, wow. You can't you can't like uh Jedi mind trick them into changing all the schedules. I mean there's a thought. <laughs> you know, say like, Hey, I think you have something, you know, interesting here. What, what if you looked into this before presenting it to this person? Mm, or, or maybe saying something to the effect of like, Hey, I, I think you're pulling on a, basically I'm just going to make it all business jargon. Right. Or like, right, or like right. meaningless <laughs> jargon. <laughs> You've only got say, three quadrants covered here. You need one more. <laughs> Can you find that for me before we have this meeting? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think you're pulling on some really interesting threads here, but I'm going to need to see a little bit more data. Like, why don't we take a little, a couple more weeks and, and really flush this idea out before taking it and presenting it to someone on larger on the scale. Something yeah, like so, that. Something like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's definitely something that could kind of get me out of my fix currently, but, but like, not, but not for the future. It's going to be, that's a different conversation to have. Right. hundred percent. And, and that's kind of, I need to stop becoming such a like, yeah, of course I can help you out with that. I can do that, you know, whatever. So, I mean, you run your own business. Like if you're not working on stuff that's going to move the needle for you, either creatively in elephant scout or actually like fiscally, you know, right. to keep yourself afloat with, uh, because you're entirely self-sufficient, like, 
if you if you are just giving up time all over the place, uh, then that ultimately would result in like downstream failures. You're not going to be able to creatively do the work you want and you're not going to be able to pay the bills in the way that you need to because you've just given your time away to a whole bunch of stuff. Right. So how do you how do you sort of manage demand and how do you sort of manage your time a little bit in a way like are you comfortable with saying no or telling people that you know you don't want to do that or or you can't do that right now? Uh, in the creative world, it's a lot easier to say yes to things because so many things don't ever happen. <laughs> so people will have like a meeting or a call or an email and be like, hey, I have this idea for this project or an idea for this movie. And it just never happens. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and if, if it does start moving forward, I can say something like, well, if you get funding, then I'll hop on board. So then mm-hmm. it's then it becomes something worth my time. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, so it's like this, right? Here's kind of my mindset is that right now I'm just not in a place where I want to turn down any opportunities, right? Like like both inside of my current role at my work, but then also externally, you know, in kind of looking more entrepreneurially, like I'm not in a place where I'm trying to not do things. But that mentality can get really... kind of messed up really quick, right? Because then you end up saying yes to too much stuff and you end up half-assing a whole bunch of stuff as opposed to really focusing down on the things that, you know, really move the needle for you. And I, I think that's kind of how I set myself up this week is that I I sacrificed, like, what, what got me to the dance and the hard work and the focus that got me here uh-huh. for a bunch of other stuff that, that, you know, may be an opportunity, but may not be. And I I just kind of feel like, you know, I need, I'm going to need to become more reserved with my time because I, sure, I've got plenty of time and plenty of energy now, but that goes away, goes away really, really quickly. Like, I I wonder if it's uh, the, cause it's hard. I I don't know if these conversations are face to face or if they're on the, not face to face probably right now, but probably on the zoom. Not or, yeah. Are they on a zoom call or are they on a meeting? Or are they, it's like the person right, like, like in front of you, so to speak. Uh, sometimes, sometimes not. Sometimes it's literally just through like an email conversation or something like that, that then, you know, escalates into an outlook invite. But more, more recently it's been like zoom stuff. Yeah. Right. So it's, 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 you know, it's kind of like when you ask your waiter for some more ketchup, it's like, I'm, I'll get right on that. So it's something you just automatically say yes to. Yeah. But when you're, you know, your time is valuable, don't say yes or no right away. I would say, let me look at my schedule. Let me, you know, go through all my projects and see if I have what, how much I can commit to this idea that you're presenting. Yeah. So let's, I, I say, let me check my schedule and see what's coming, like what I have coming up. And then I could tell them in an email nicely later. No, it's, it's you yeah. know, unfortunately, I don't have the time right now. Yeah, see, you actually, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe as a former waiter, <laughs> I just have it drilled into my head that when somebody says like, hey, can I get some more ketchup? It's like, yeah, absolutely. Let me go get that right now. Maybe I just have it drilled in my head that when someone asks for something, I just say, yes, I'm going to go get it. <laughs> yeah, it's a muscle memory. And yeah, uh, you know, and if you say no, you can always leave things open. Be like, oh, but don't forget to look at this, this and this while you're moving forward and then, you know, maybe next quarter we can talk about it more after you've done more of this research. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're, so you're releasing yourself of the commitment, but also giving your input 
and yeah. leaving yourself open to be someone to approach again for help in the future. Yeah, because that's that's ultimately the thing also that I want to make sure I'm counterbalancing with, right? It's like I need to say no. I should have been saying no right now just because, look, I, my next week is going to be incredibly busy. We've got some really like big projects that are coming to a head, things like that. Um, so so I knew I knew that, you know, my my week was going to be really busy. Um but I just like instinctively was just like, yeah, sure. I'll take that meeting or I'll do this or, or you need more help. Sure. Like, absolutely. You know, and I don't want to preclude myself from these opportunities down the road or even seem like I can't be a resource to these people. But at the same time, I really should have been guarding my time a little bit better. And I think that these are just sort of those those things that you have to pick up, you know, like as you transition from being, you know, completely independent you know, like I was just an independent uh, person who I just had to do my work and get it done or whatever. And the more and more you become sort of in a leadership role or the more and more you kind of expand, those are the kinds of things that you need to be more careful about is like how you work with other people and how do you manage your own time? Because, you know, for instance, if you're if you're directing a shoot, if you're directing like a movie and you have all these different things going on, it's like you can't sacrifice you know, like say somebody needs help on, you know, oh, this like part of the script or this whatever. You can't sacrifice your time wholly just to help somebody out or just to look at this one facet because you're focused on the entire larger picture. You have to be worried about the the entire production. Right, right. But but there there are times where I have to, I take care of that before the big day. Like I have meetings with the art department. I have meetings with sound. With I have rehearsals with actors. I have a meeting with the cinematographer before we get to the day of the shoot. So we all know we're on the same page and it's just tweaking little things to get the project done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, lots of meetings do happen and it does take a lot of time. But it's, you know, it's better to uh, get it done way beforehand and when you don't have anything else going on. Yeah. Okay. So, and that kind of, this was where I actively knew. So I'm looking at this kind of, uh, in retrospect, right? Like, oh man, I should have gauged, or I should have like reserved my time better and I should have done X, Y, and Z. But at the same time, there was a part of this that I knew that was going on while it was happening. And, uh, and I should have essentially there's, there'd be no need to have, we had a meeting about this project last week as in, uh, this past week that just occurred. And now this person wants to set a meeting for the next week. But in between that time, nothing will have gotten accomplished. Nothing will have been actually done. So I recognized that while I was in this sort of request sort of thing to like for my time. And I'm realizing now that I should have, you know, to your point, I should have just kind of set it up like, you know, not Jedi mind trick actually, but it's like, this is actually true. Nothing has been accomplished from one week to the next. So I kind of feel as though, like I should have said, like, look, we don't want to rush this, right? And it seems like we're trying to rush to a solution between one week to the next to really get something done or, you know, use this groundswell that we've been creating or something like that. But this is not the kind of thing that we want to rush. We want to make sure that we have all the information because we're going into a presentation for the VP of sales ops over this project that really, you know, we talked about it this last week and now we're presenting the next week is like, is that really the kind of thing that you want to rush? Is that the, is that the kind of thing that you just want to like immediately execute on? I'll admit that there are some things that you really want to strike while the iron's hot. Of course. Like you gotta, what, what is the uh, phrase? You gotta, 
uh, seize the opportunity of a lifetime and the lifetime of the opportunity. I think that's a Jim Rohn. Sure. <laughs> but the point is, is that like you, you also have to, you also have to, you know, make sure you're doing your due diligence and that you're, you're representing everything correctly. So I think, I think that might be to your point. I think that might be the way to sort of guard my calendar a little bit better is not shut myself off from future opportunity and not like make myself look like I'm not a resource or something like that. But I should also, uh, you know, just make sure that we're not rushing things, just be able to send an email back or be able to say on the zoom call that like, Hey, look, I appreciate where you're at. I appreciate your desire to move forward with this quickly, but you know, I'm kind of a measure twice cut once kind of guy. I think we should we should do some more due diligence. We should make sure we're we have all our I's dotted and T's crossed and you know whatever bullshit business yeah, lingo. Just whatever, needs. just to, so they don't feel like they're being broken up with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's not the impression that but just you know, I so I ended up that was kind of my learn for the week and kind of my like something that I realized that I needed some major skill building with because I feel like how this translates, you know once you are kind of working towards being an entrepreneur, especially when you're in that weird middle ground where were you ever in the weird middle ground where you were working a job, but then also working on getting your, getting elephant scout or, or whatever vestigial primordial elephant scout was in the mix. You were doing both, right? Yeah. So at that point in time, you really can't afford to be doing this kind of shit, right? Like you have to be really focused and have your calendar really set and have your time really managed because now you're working half your day entirely on something that isn't moving your personal stuff ahead and then spending the other half of your day working on your personal projects. Right. And another half of your day just managing your schedule because it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I, I, I just like kind of pulled at this and I realized like this is a skill that I'm really going to have to get better at if um you know I really want to move forward with uh my my you know personal project and turning that into a uh kind of low risk but presumably you know decent income business it's like you have to be able to manage your time otherwise none of that's going to get done exactly yeah yeah Man, um, by the way, did I, uh, did I, uh, not to get too far off topic, but did I ever tell you what I, what my idea's name was? No, you never got to the name. The name is flow roll. Get it? Cause it's like, it's for jujitsu. So you're rolling and there's a concept in jujitsu, which is, uh, called flow rolling, which is that we're not going to go super hard. We're not going to try and kill each other. We're just going to slap hands and we're just going to do really light technique and like, figure out what we're doing, get our muscles engaged and all that kind of stuff. So the same thing is true for this product, right? We're going to, we're going to engage your brain. We're going to make sure you're cognitively enhanced. You're learning at a higher rate and you're retaining more information, but then also you've got the physicality X like component to it. So I'm calling it flow roll. The first, the first official supplement product for martial arts. Flow roll. Yeah. Flow roll. Are you putting a W on that flow? Should I not? I have no idea. Do you think that's a style? I was going to put a W on it, but if you think it's a stylistic choice to just go F-L-O-R-O-L-L. Flow roll. Flow roll. Flow roll. Flow. Like two words. You say the whole thing like a tribe called Quest. You know, you say the flow, flow roll. All right. I think I need some work. Need some work? All I right, think I well, need some work. 
We'll, we'll take that to the shop. We'll refine it. We'll, we'll work on it a little bit. Because it reminds me of Flow Rider. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, Froyo. Mm. Well, that's a good thing, though. I love Froyo. Uh, flow Roll. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. Flow Roll. Flow Roll. Yeah, flow Roll. A, yeah. It's, you know what it is? It's the, it's the combination of an L and an R sound. Right, I think flow roll. Yeah, it's it's a it's a little harsh and guttural. Flow roll, flow roll. Flo- I mean, I I guess it depends on how you say flow and how you say roll. Right. Oh yeah, but I'm even having a hard time saying it as independent words. Flow roll. <laughs> this is great audio, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> this is what the audience uh, wants. Yeah, they they want us to exposit on uh you know just a. A, a sound for you know half an hour oh yeah yeah but so that's kind of my thing i'm uh i'm trying to pick up on all the things that i can personally sure up on without you know because i i have this natural tendency to be like oh man i should go to business school you know to like learn I, and i'm not even sure what you learn in business school anymore or any school anymore for that matter we're Things are kind of wacky right now. If you're paying $50,000 for an online Harvard degree, I don't yeah. really get that either. I don't know what's going on in the world. I saw some YouTube video where some kids were refusing to listen to the Beatles, but they love SZA. And I'm like, who the heck is SZA? Yeah, I was just about to ask, who the heck is SZA? <laughs> no idea, but apparently that person's the new Beatles for all the what? kids. I'm like, what's going on here? What's happening to the world? Look, uh, yeah, exactly. I didn't realize how soon because they really don't tell you this, right? Like, um, it's like that that uh, that uh, clip from The Simpsons. Um, I want to say season seven episode in the twenties somewhere. It's the one where uh, I haven't Homer seen it. And, yeah, it's the one where uh, this this is my trick, man. I can I can uh, name. I can generally get at least in the neighborhood of episode and season, but generally I'm pretty dead on. Um, oh, it's called Homer Palooza. So it's the one where uh, uh, Homer starts driving his kids to school and he's listening to, you know, bands that nobody gives a shit ne- about anymore, like Grand Funk Railroad or uh, Jefferson Starship or Jefferson Airplane, rather, and shit like that. You know what I mean? So he's listening to that stuff and he realizes his kids are embarrassed of him. So then he uh, accidentally gets blasted in the stomach with a cannon and he goes on tour with Lollapalooza with like the Smashing Pumpkins and stuff. And he just gets shot in the stomach with a cannon. And that's like his thing. So now he's like cool because he's with it. But there's like a brief clip where he like remembers back when he was a kid and he was like listening to music and his dad came in, told him to turn that racket off. And uh, then he says, oh, you're just not with it. And uh, his dad was like, I once was with it. But then what it was changed. And now now I'm not with it anymore. And what it is scares and terrifies me. And it's like. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I didn't realize it was going to happen so soon. Like, I figured I would have to be like 40 before I wasn't with it anymore. But it turns out it's real fast. It's I'm not quick. With it. It's quick. I'm not with it. I don't know. You're uh, recently by listening to another podcast. I learned about Doja Cat. Doja Cat? Doja Cat. Yeah, that's a that's a person, by the way. Okay. 
uh, a recording artist whose music I don't really understand. Uh, <laughs> you know, just just is it Korean like pop? That. No, it's uh, it's it's not. It's it's American. Oh, weird. Also, but isn't it isn't it weird that your brain went there? <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Who knows? That's that's uh, it's just a sign of the times. Sign of the times. Baby. That we're getting older. Also, you're right. Season seven, episode twenty four. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, you did it. See, that's the problem. Is I don't know how to turn that into a marketable thing. Like I don't know how that is a is a skill that I can monetize because it really just is empty brain space for me. But that's and you know, obviously, it tapers off when I get to about season twenty because I stopped watching because the show went from like good to okay to passable to shit uh-huh. and. uh Season 20 is right around the time that it turned to shit. But evidently, ever, a lot of people are telling me it got good again. I have no idea. I have never watched it. Mm. You never watched The Simpsons at never all? Never did. I've, no, I, maybe once, once in a while. I never got into it. Yeah, you were more into like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I don't know, whatever. So? I, I'm not saying anything that's bad <laughs> or anything. I'm just saying you just have different preferences. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think... Uh, I just wasn't allowed to watch it for some reason as a kid growing up. Yeah. And then I just never got into it. Yeah, I was, I was already sense. like off watching like Hunter and Murder, She Wrote, you know, because <laughs> they never had control of the TV. So I was already watching like adult shows at a younger age. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Murder, She Wrote. That's fine. that man. It's like those those are the Chris Scott origin stories that like really makes makes your like your productions and everything that you've done so far kind of like makes sense. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, of course he was watching Matlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, that, so, so that kind of leads me to, uh, you know, well, a how's, how was your week? You know, whatever, but also B with the, the re-release or I guess the, the widespread video on demand release of, um, Eddie, Eddie Mummy. Mummy, how is Elephant Scout? Are you guys changing your approach, or because you've been on your social media game recently? How's that been going? Uh, it's been going well. I had a talk with our social media manager, uh, Sarah Jackson. She was on nice. the CSS podcast. Yeah, she was, and we had a conversation about how we think things are going, and uh, we think we've laid a solid foundation for our social media platforms. Nice. And so, if she couldn't do it a week, or if uh, we had to get someone else. The outline's already there for someone to come in and uh, continue on with what we've established this last month. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are going to, I guess, be more mummy heavy in August because that's the the goal is to be releasing the movie for the last 10 days in August. And we're just selling the, the we're renting the movie out for, you know, 12 bucks. It's not yeah. that much, but our, I think our goal is to raise enough money to help three local charity, not charity, but creative venues. Mm. Only one of them's a nonprofit, but, uh, mm. it was, uh, I don't think we're going to change our strategy too much. We're just going to mummify it up a little bit more, mm. but more, more mummy stuff. Right. I mean, there's been a lot of mummy stuff lately because we weren't really feeling comfortable posting, uh, like good cop, mom cop stuff for a while. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think now we're back to being okay with it. Mm-hmm. Or like testing the waters a little bit. So uh, 
Yeah, that's what's going to happen this next month. It's just going to be a lot of mummy stuff, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I also liked about that is that you said that essentially that, hey, if somebody, you know, you've actually got it all planned out so that if somebody isn't available one day or if somebody, you know, other like priorities arise and stuff like that, that you have a plan that can be executed on um, already out there for you so that really like anyone can can kind of pick it up and go. And I think that that just speaks to a, a sort of universal truth that I think we talked about on CSS also not directly in this context, but somewhat related, uh, which was that as soon as you write something down and as soon as it like it actually becomes real, like it, right. it becomes tangible and like manipulable. So now you've got this plan that's out there that, you know, you have your expert input from Sarah Jackson on, on how to execute against this. But now that you've got this plan, it's out there, it's real. And now you've got like a schedule like I don't know if elephants. I haven't really been on social media. I've been taking a hiatus myself, but. Um, you know, I feel like Elephant Scout has been so routine and just, you know, been on an executed plan. We've been trying. We've been trying. And what's also nice about the foundation is that if someone were to come and take over, uh, there's a reference. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, and that's just one. There's four of them or there's three of them. So, yeah. it's, so it's easier to replicate or hop on board. Yeah. Yeah. Th- and that's that's sort of been the thing with me is that I just I n- where a lot of my deficits have been is that I think like, oh, well, this isn't my final idea or this isn't like completely shaped out. So I don't want to commit to this or put this out there or do something. But that's such a foolish way of thinking because then you're never actually able to to kind of build on those concepts or, or deliver more. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, so social media has been going well. The Mummy movie, I'm hoping it does well. Fingers are crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, it's already on Amazon prime and oh. I didn't, uh, I told people that it was on Amazon prime. I told someone like Greg that was on Amazon prime and he's already telling all his family to watch it there. Nice. So it's, uh, going to do well on Amazon prime, but that does the least payout. Yeah. And yeah. if we're trying to do this benefit screening part, uh, leading them towards, uh, the platform Vimeo would be more lucrative for the, the charity part of the screening that we're trying to do. So I feel like I kind of messed up a little bit. I shot the shot my load too early. <laughs> telling uh, telling the actors it was on Prime. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. So that they're directing their friends and family and basically their network to Amazon Prime, as opposed to this other place where essentially it'll it'll draw more revenue that can then be sent towards these uh, right these, uh, creative industries. Um, so when does the actual uh, I mean, I usually save plugs for the very end, but we might as well plug now. I feel like we're I feel like we're here. When does the you said it happens the last last ten days of August or, or yeah the twenty first through the thirty first twenty first through the thirty first uh, Eddie Mummy a love story and it'll be found what website where that's on Vimeo but if you go to elephantscout.com, it's right there on the homepage. Cool, awesome, and uh, so yeah, so you basically just rent it for twenty four hours or whatever the the typical. I think I set it to a week, so you can watch it more than once if you want. Oh, nice! <laughs> not, that, not that you would want to, but you can if you want. Well, so it's got some replay value, so you can be like, "All right, I watch it." What's happening these days is because um, I'm constantly home, right? I'm watching something once with like you know, my fiance or with Colton, but then I'm watching it again with like the alternate person, whoever wasn't involved the first time around. I'm watching the thing that the second time, this was this whole debate that happened because 
I wasn't that interested. There's this movie called Game Night. It has... Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, Jason Bateman? Yes. And... Uh, I don't remember anybody else in that movie. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Right? I, uh, I have no idea. I honestly don't remember anyone else in that movie. Is John Hamm in that movie? Ooh. Don't know. The last thing I saw John Hammond was Baby Driver, and people didn't seem to like Baby Driver, but I kind of did. Only because it was like that very Edgar Wright, like, oh, get it? He's dancing around the credits type of thing. It was Rachel McAdams. It was. Okay, beautiful. Okay. So this happened recently where, you know, uh, Tori and I were at home and just like many days, and it's like, we're just bored of everything now. Um, Just we've seen everything or at least everything that was like top tier of our interest. So now we're really getting into like tier two, tier three, you know, really starting to like, we haven't scraped the bottom of the barrel yet, but like Uh it'll happen soon. Um, And she has like a preference for things like unsolved mysteries and uh, you know, the John Bonet Ramsey thing. And it's like, I don't want to like, come on, leave me out of that shit. I don't want to be a part of it. Um, but anyway, so so we've really like watched all the content that's out there. So she's like, I don't know. There's that movie Game Night. It's a comedy. It'd be funny. Like, you want to watch that? And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, like, like, I was like, no. Then I go hang out with Colton one night and he's like, oh, dude, we should watch Game Night. And I was like, okay, whatever, because I, I didn't care what was on. I wasn't really thinking about it. We watch it. It's got some laughs. It's kind of funny, whatever. But then, of course, Tori's like, what the hell? You, you said, because she wasn't there that day. She's like, you spent all this time telling me that we weren't like, you didn't want to watch that. And then you turn around and go. So now I'm like, I'm repeating a lot of movies that I've seen. So the point being is that if you're like me, basically a real piece of shit (laughs) and you watch Eddie mummy (laughs) with one person, but not your significant other, evidently you can rent it for a week and you can watch Eddie mummy twice. Have all your bases covered. Yeah. Have all your bases covered and it'll be for a good cause. Is that is that the? Uh, the yeah, all, all the proceeds are going to be for ben- the ben- benefit. We're not going to keep any of the profits. So it's all going to help these people stay afloat during these Corona times. Yeah, we need places like uh, the screening room and stuff like that, because otherwise uh, it's it's like that. Uh, uh, otherwise, I mean, I was going to shit on the Fast and the Furious, but I realize <laughs> you're a you're a fan. <laughs> uh, you should be a fan, too. Those are great movies. But no, but the the screening room is definitely a smaller venue. It's more affordable for smaller independent filmmakers that need, you yeah. know, just, you know, a few 80 seats to show a screening to their family and friends. It's, it's you know, it's not renting out the Harkins or right a big time movie theater, or the Fox theater. That's huge. You know, that holds hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's a nice small venue. It's been around forever. It's just part of the history of downtown. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's that's kind of the place. And I remember they even do uh, a lot of fun events. I mean, obviously pre-corona, but um, they do a lot of fun events. I remember uh, they used to do uh, like they used to run a mystery science theater type thing where basically it was like three comedians from the Tucson scene doing that kind of thing with like movies that they would play there. They'd put on all sorts of events. It's a really cool spot. So certainly the kind of thing that we would want to want to hold on to. Um, as for myself, don't really have much to plug. I did, uh, I did another round of tests, uh, on a formula, uh, this week. Oh, how did that yeah, go? Yeah. And, 
Uh, it was good. I actually, I got some content for uh, social media uh, that I think might be kind of funny. Uh, uh, that like, I don't know. I, I'm because I'm torn. Like, I, it's not something that I want to put out there. Obviously, once I'm still in this formulation stage, before I really have like the solid set formula idea and like have that tried, tested, and true. But I think it's something. You know, I just thought like well, I'm doing this anyways, right? Let me get some content out of this so that that way I'm working on multiple fronts simultaneously. I'm not just working on how do I perfect this recipe that gets me the results desired, but then also um, how do I kind of create something that's like to build a fan base or to build, you know, whatever, like a marketing aspect of it. So so I felt pretty good that I was, I was kind of attacking it on two fronts uh, this week, but I've got some interesting, not interesting, I've got some funny content that... Uh, Hopefully we can debut uh, shortly. Oh wow, and, uh, that's exciting! That going. Is yeah. it is it you like uh, like going all crank? Have you see that movie Crank? I have seen Crank. Um, it is something like that. Yes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, not not like to that degree, obviously, but um, I, because I, I wanted to. It's like the testing of the formulation. Not only is just like how I feel and how you know whatever, but I have to trial it with the effects, you know, because I'm not at a place right now where I could do a peer reviewed study because I don't have the formula down. So I can't even send this formula out to independent testing laboratories and stuff to have them do it and see like, does it match the effects or the objective stated? I'm just not there yet. So I'm doing this all independently. And then every now and then with like a buddy or two to, because it, again, these ingredients aren't secrets. They're not something I've made up. You right, know what I mean? right. These are all things that are already out there. So I basically just am trying to get the right synergy of like the right interactions, the right um, chemical inter- interactions here, and in the right quantities to get the results that I want. So that's that's basically what I'm doing. And um, yeah, so it's, it's just me kind of testing this stuff out and then sometimes with um, a, a friend or, or two and uh, really the thing that I put in the back of my mind was flavor and taste. Cause, cause at first what I'm thinking of is like, you know, effects, chemical synergies, things like that. Like that's kind of more what I'm focused on, but I didn't pay attention to taste at all. And, uh, it was pretty rough. <laughs> this was a pretty rough, uh, test. Um, so, uh, we've got some footage, uh, of that, that, you know, we'll, we'll edit down and, and, uh, make nice and, uh, you'll get to see what, really testing supplements is like and uh <sighs> good so stuff you, did you just need to put some kool-aid in that right yeah i think i mean as like i said i'm not reinventing the wheel here it's all <laughs> stuff that's already known i just need to put like a dash of you know grape or something in there and, and we'll be fine but right now it, it just uh tasted like a bunch is of that how chips. that works do they just add they probably don't just add kool-aid to it it's probably just like another powdered flavoring right yeah, I, I'd have to imagine so, right? Like it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's actually a really good question. I uh, I don't like really personally know this person, but we've corresponded back and forth through Instagram a few times. Uh, there's this guy who owns a supplement cup company in Texas, and um, that's a really good question that I should ask him. It's like, how do you flavor this stuff? Like, are you just adding like like here's some red Kool Aid, just burnt, <laughs> put that in, right? Call it a day. I, I'm not sure. Um, well, now I want so some Kool Aid. Yeah, I could I could go for some Kool Aid. I'm I'm actually gonna try this. Uh, I have to go to the store after this because I'm gonna try and like really do this meal prepping thing so that I'm not like getting lazy during the me- middle of the week. 
and all that. But I have to go now while my motivation is still at a high from like, oh, I just worked out, did a podcast. I'm crushing it. You know, like I got to do that before I like go and sit down and watch the beach house and again, <laughs> say fuck. Again, and or just watch stare at your okay. stare at your busy calendar. Been like, yeah, exactly. I'm exactly. not sleeping so, this week. No, yeah, may not sleep this week, but uh, you know, it's going to be a high volume week. I'm going to learn how to say no in a friendly way, so that you know, I I don't do what I've done to myself this week. Just learn how to say you know, maybe, maybe. Oh, let yeah. me get back to you. Let me uh, let this sit. Let me let this. Uh, let me sit on this for a minute. Yeah, you know what? That sounds like a really good idea. Um, I'm gonna have to digest that for a little while. Yep, that's Just it. Buy myself some time. Yeah. There you go. I'm into it. All right. We'll catch you next time on Ramen Profitable. <laughs>